Hello and welcome to Dog Talk with me, your host, Nick Benger, the ultimate podcast to help you take the next step in your dog training journey by learning from the best experts from around the world. Hey, welcome to today's podcast. It's New Year's Day. And in the spirit of starting the new year with a bang, I wanted to bring on two of the most knowledgeable people I know when it comes to helping you succeed with your pet business. But before I get into that, I have an announcement of my own. I've just launched a business. For a long time, I've dreamt of creating a hub for the dog training community. I really want to bring dog trainers together, kind of in, a, in the way that we've started to do with this podcast, but on a bigger scale. So... I've, I've really wanted to make a business that just spews out high quality content and helps to bring the standard of training up, really put out a lot of educational stuff so people can learn about this and they can learn from the best dog trainers that oftentimes don't do a good job of spreading their message or putting themselves out there for whatever reason. I, I think that's that's so much of what this podcast is about anyway, because People need to learn how to market in order to spread their message. And I think we suffer from that particularly in the dog training community because we're dog trainers and we're not business people or we're not marketers. So that's what today's podcast is going to be helping you to do. But what I've done is I've taken the first step. I've created an online shop that will become the foundation of that business that I want to build. I've stocked it with some high quality products, but it's still in its infancy. I know there are a million things I can do to improve it, but just like we did with this podcast, I'm I'm taking the first step. So I'm going to do what Rob Moore says. I'm going to start now and I'm going to get perfect later. And that's what we're doing here. So if you want to be an early adopter, if you want to be a part of that journey with me, just like you were in building this podcast, then check out the website. It's www.brizdog.com so that's spelled b-r-i-s-d-o-g dot com and if you need any treats if you need any food if you want to get your dog a new toy then check it out there's some cool stuff there and also hop over to the facebook discussion group and feel free to post in there with any kind of suggestions of maybe things that you'd like to see on the website that would be extremely helpful too So today I'm talking to Dominic Hodgson and Alex Wardle. Dominic Hodgson is the UK's most controversial pet business coach. He's the author of Walk Yourself Wealthy and runs pet business boot camps from his hometown of Sunderland here in the UK. Alex Wardle is the owner of Artifact Media, where he creates videos to help people market their businesses. He's also the author of Grow Your Business with Video, which he recently released. So let's get into it. All right, well, maybe a good starting place, Alex, is if you tell us a bit about your new book. Yeah, sure. So I handily have a copy here <laughs> because I thought you might ask about it. Um, so this is my this is my book, Grow Your Business with Video, a practical guide to utilizing the most powerful form of marketing. Um, so this book is it does what it says on the tin in that it will teach you how to create better video, better sounding video, better looking video, video that's more has more of like a premium feel to it and it is going to help you in terms of positioning 
um, against your competitors who aren't using good video. But crucially, it's kind of one step beyond that as well because whilst it's it's all well and good creating video that that has this kind of premium look to it in the first place, really that's only one piece of the puzzle. It's only kind of one step of the way. The, the real way that you start to see an actual return on investment um, on this as, a, as like a business owner, so thinking of it in business terms, is when you start using it in a, in a more robust and kind of systemized marketing system um, because you could create the best looking video out there in the world, but if you don't know how to use it and how to get it in front of people and then how to plug it into what other things that you're doing in your, in your market and in your business, um, you're only going to see limited results really. So, so that's why I wrote the book. So it's a bit, it's a bit of a, a crash course in that sense because there is practical stuff in there, but there's also the kind of marketing theory underpinning it as well. So what kind of videos should, uh, well, I guess mostly dog trainers listen to this, but pet professionals, what, what kind of videos should they be making? I would definitely say that um, th- there's a number of different types that they should create, but I think for people like that and people who are in the sort of pet profession pet professional world it should be about education more than anything i think that from what i've seen from my experience working with dom and chats i've had with you and other similar dog trainers there seems to be um kind of a not so much a lack of understanding or anything like that you know but i think that i think that normal pet dog owners could know more about you know the right things and the wrong things to do when it comes to, to owning and training their own dogs and things, you know? Um, and I think that even, um, yeah, even, even people who are actually in the, the pet profession, uh, would kind of have that as well. You know, I, I think it's about the most valuable thing you can do is educate people on kind of not only what they should and shouldn't be doing, but also like what your values and beliefs are, in accordance with that, you know, so um, you could teach them a certain technique when it comes to dog training, but then like that, so that's great in itself. But then if you also kind of pepper it with your personality and perhaps your um, philosophy on why, why you prefer this technique or why you think it's useful, um, then you're kind of doing two things in one there because you're helping the viewer out, but you're also kind of making it memorable for them and you're, depending on what extent you do it, you're also potentially polarizing your audience a little bit as well. So like Dom's thing, for example, he's a really good example of this because he doesn't, uh, the dogs on his adventures and things, and when he's training dogs, he doesn't let them go and play with other dogs, um, which some dog trainers don't agree with. And that's totally fine, you know, but the, the fact that he uses that in his system and he, he speaks about that all the time, it serves to not only educate the, the person watching, but also to be like, oh, right, Dom, he's the guy who thinks this. You know what I mean? So it's kind of the, the two sides of it, really. I, f- I think what some people worry about when it comes to making kind of tutorials and educational content is that, you know, if you get, start giving advice away for free, then am I cheapening my service? Are people not going to want to come to me because I've given away all my secrets kind of thing? Yeah, but there is that fear, definitely. And I think it's just a case of like not giving away the farm, you know? Because um, interestingly, like on... Oh, I'm sorry. Just a couple of pigs. <laughs> yeah, just a couple of pigs. <laughs> Sitting quietly for the first five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, he's there, he's there. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, the flip side of that almost is uh, I, I had a client say to me a few weeks ago, I, I, w- I was trying to say to him to get to do more content like this. I was like, content is where it's at. You need to be educating people and telling them stories and like dishing out content all the time. And he was like, oh, I, I thought content was dead. And I was like, no way, no, absolutely not. I mean, yes, we are we are sort of drowning in content these days and there's loads of stuff out there, but that's part of the reason why you should have your own. Why uh, did you think that it was dead? I'm not really sure. I, I, I think it's, I think it stemmed from the idea that there is just so much media and marketing material out there for people to consume, you know? And I think that does, it does make business owners, particularly on the smaller side. And if they're just starting out, feel a bit overwhelmed because it's like, well, how can I possibly compete? with these bigger companies and people who have bigger budgets, um, how is my content going to, going to compare in in comparison, you know? Uh, Okay. So how about platform? Because like, there are a lot of people that like there is, we've got to this point now where you have platforms that seem a little bit more evergreen, like YouTube, YouTube's probably the most evergreen, but then you have, and by evergreen, I mean like content that keeps getting views, but like, then you have, platforms like instagram and the stories and stuff which will only last for 24 hours so Mm -hmm. where should we be putting our time that is that is the ultimate question isn't it yeah because uh ephemeral content so that is as you rightly said content that disappears or expires after a certain amount of time particularly you know usually it's like the 24-hour time frame on snapchat and instagram and stuff it's a weird one because it gets really high engagement. And if you look at the statistics of it and stuff, um, particularly from like bigger brands who are putting in like a lot of budget into this and they're the ones that we can look to and, and really learn from not necessarily like like to emulate, but just to see what people are doing. Um, they will tell you that people are favoring this kind of stories format more than the typical news feedy, um, you know, scrolling type of approach. But yet, on the flip side, it expires. And so I think it's a bit of a balancing act. I see I see some, some business owners and marketers who are doing it really right, and then some who are doing it wrong, but kind of for odd reasons. So, like, there's certain video production companies that I follow and sort of keep an eye on on my Instagram, and they'll put, like, loads of time and effort into creating um, – videos specifically for Instagram stories, but they won't be like just kind of filmed on a phone. They'll be actually properly produced things with titles and graphics. They'll be vertical. So they'll be the correct format and everything. And they look awesome, you know, on stories, but I can't help but think to myself, how long has it taken them to create that when it's only going to last for 24 hours? And like, I could be wrong and I'm sure it's, you know, it's different for everyone, but I would argue that, you know, you've only got so much time and budget and things and putting loads of effort into producing content for those type of platforms is maybe not necessarily the right way to go. Because as you also rightly said, on a platform like YouTube, you can create a video and spend a decent amount of time, you know, putting it together, making sure that it looks and sounds good and all the rest of it. And it effectively lasts forever. And so, you know, again, from a business sense, what's got the greatest return on investment? Well, it has to be the YouTube video, right? Because, once that Instagram thing's gone, it's gone. But that's not to say that you can't, you know, repurpose something. You could get a YouTube video and put a snippet of it on a story or something like that. But I think for 
for people who are kind of in your world, Nick, and the people that you're talking to, I think it is just like a balancing act. You know, it's kind of like, you know, yes, you want to be exploiting different platforms. You want to be seen and heard, you know, as much as you can. But at the same time, you need to know where your audience is and you need to kind of divvy up your time accordingly with how these platforms work, you know? So it's not a case of potentially throwing loads of time into something like Instagram stories. If one, your audience isn't necessarily there. And two, if, you know, you could make something that's evergreen, that's going to last a longer time. That's a really important point about your where your audience is, because Facebook probably isn't really my favorite platform. But at the same time, I realize that's where most of the dog people are. So it's yeah. like, well, you've got, a, it's kind of where, where are you going to invest your time? And that seems to be what you're saying with content as well. If it, as small businesses, we need to focus on what converts. Yeah. And if, if you're wasting all your time on Snapchat and no one is, you know, you're not getting any business from it, then it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Oh, hundred percent. And I mean, I'm guilty of this to an extent as well. I mean, although we're at this funny point because like, you mentioned Facebook there, like we're going through this odd transitional phase where less people are using Facebook, particularly younger people. So like people sort of uh, 30 and and younger are are using um, less of Facebook and kind of doing more on Instagram and that kind of thing, which is really interesting. But like, so, so, so I've been using Instagram more recently, kind of, I think with this in the back of my mind, but yet, even if I, if I post something on there and it gets like, you know, I hashtag the hell out of it and it gets loads of likes and all the rest of it. But I'll actually look and see who's engaging with it. And whilst there are people on there who I know who are sort of prospects or previous clients and that kind of thing, who, you know, that's the kind of engagement that you think, great, that's what I wanted. You know, that person's seen this, they like it, great, whatever. But there's also complete randomers in far off lands who are just like, <laughs> well, never. Th- this is an important point because this is something I learned from Dom actually because people tend to focus like I've seen people's statuses where they're like everyone like my Facebook page because it really helps me as a business and it's like <laughs> no it doesn't <laughs> you know yeah. if you're asking yeah. other dog trainers to help your business they're not going to be the ones that are hiring you and exactly it, exactly it's Dom like first taught me that but then I I remember hearing Seth Godin call it uh, vanity metrics which yes. it totally is. Like, it just makes you feel good, but it doesn't really convert into business. Yeah, it's it's become a cliche. It's, it's, like, bad how much of a cliche it's become that, like, every like that you get is a little dopamine hit, isn't it, in your brain? It's a little, like, oh, that makes me feel a little bit good. And then when you get 30 likes, it's like, yay, look at this. But, like, it's, it's great. It's not necessarily a bad thing. But, again, as you rightly said, you have to think of it as a, a business owner and be like, well, I can't pay the bills or put diesel in my van or, you know, buy more equipment with these likes. I get that from, from clients. And so if, if that's all you're getting back, if you're getting the likes and you're getting the inquiries and the, you know, the, the calls and the meaningful engagement, fine. Obviously that's perfect. But if you're only getting complete randomers who are only liking your stuff because it's in their interest. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people will do that. That, like, especially on Instagram, they'll they'll like your stuff because, or maybe even comment on it because they want you to just click through and see their stuff. If that's all you're getting, then there's probably a better use of your time for sure. Hmm. Yeah, I know that uh, Dom. You've spoke a lot about this with kind of like business like ladders. 
in these <laughs> groups. Yeah, yeah. The like ladders to him. Say that again. I said, don't mention the like ladders to him. He'll be off on one. <laughs> well, Dom, how how have you found? Because I know that you've got a lot of your business from Facebook. So how have you managed to get people from Facebook and then convert them into clients? Well, you you basically have to, it comes back to what you said before. It's uh, it's about platform, you know. You have to have a, a platform of some description, you know. Um, and this is, a, you can call it a customer list or a prospect list, something like that. You have to have a place where you, where you can speak to people about your business, you know. So, for example, you have, uh, I do stuff on Facebook. I have a podcast. Um, you have a podcast. You do stuff on Facebook too. But you also have an email list, you know. And an email list, you, you, what, you email and weekly at the moment? Uh, yeah, well, at the moment, I'm emailing when I have a, I release a podcast. Yeah, sure. so. Um, or so, you know, if I have an offer or something. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, so you, you sell through email, you know. And I have a, a, a Facebook presence. I have the podcast. I do events, um, you know, all these different things. But I sell most of my stuff through email. <laughs> um, and... It, 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 I mean, it, could, it doesn't have to be email. Obviously, I do direct mail as well. Probably you, you've still received my direct mail if I've managed to get your address right. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, you, you have to have a way of, of communicating with, with the people who you, want to, who you want to sell stuff to, you know. And just, just to, yeah, you guys covered the point really well. Facebook often isn't the best place to be doing that because it's so noisy, you know, it's so noisy on Facebook and there's no, unless you're doing targeted adverts, which hardly anybody is, you know, unless you're doing targeted adverts properly where you're, you're putting, because Facebook can be fantastic, you know, Facebook's the best um, way, best way to advertise your business it, it could, would be on Facebook, you know, I would say now, because you can target by the type of dogs that people like, where they live, if they also own Land Rovers, you know, and, or if they own a yacht and all this kind of thing. You, so, you know, you can really easily target affluent Cocker Spaniel owners in your city if you know what you're doing, you know. That's a, that's a world away from just putting random content out on, on there that, like, your nana's liking or your sister's liking or the other complete at the end of the screen, uh, uh, completely at the end of the thing, which is putting – post in facebook groups saying you know hey hey guys you know can you help me out um help me out with a few more likes you know i want to get the 150 likes it's uh you've got to really think about is this activity what i'm doing is it actually going to contribute to bringing any more business in and not just allowing more business in allow me to help more people with my skills you know or am i just doing the, the vanity marketing thing what you said well maybe an important thing to kind of explain a little bit is this idea of a funnel because uh, Facebook is is the top of the funnel, isn't it? A lot of a lot of times, it's just about kind of getting people into the system and then taking them to somewhere where you have more control of what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. So the, the well, the funnel could, could work anywhere. You know, I mean, personally, for most dog trainers, most dog walkers, most dog groomers, they're far better off doing local stuff. You know, they're far better off. Why? Because it's much easier to identify where the dog owners are in your town um, than it is to try and find them via Facebook. Unless you're paying, right? Pardon? Unless you're paying. Yeah, unless you're paying, yeah. So when you say say the local stuff, Dom, what exactly do you mean by that? Yeah, so so like local local marketing, you know? So, you know, get out there in your town, drive around, see where the... 
see where the, the nice houses are in your town, you know, and then you can make a reasonable assumption that a third to, you know, a quarter to a third of those houses are going to have dogs in them. Um, so you can then start putting leaflets and stuff through those doors. Or you can go and find other businesses in your town who are already serving your potential clients. So I'm talking about vets, you know, groomers, if you're a dog trainer or dog walkers, if you're a groomer, you know, getting some kind of partnership going with these people, finding out what their problems are. And, you know, you essentially borrow their customers, you know, you um, because if they're if they're the right kind of business and they've got the right kind of clients coming in, then why wouldn't they want to recommend you? You know, this is far, you, you, you'll get to where you want to be much faster doing stuff like that than you will. Can we swear on this podcast, Nick? Or yeah, not? absolutely. It would be hard and not I, to review, I, Doc. I didn't, I didn't want to get through the doc. Um, I've get through it out with too many places for being me, Nick. I, I knew I could. Um, yeah, and, you know, by piss farting around on Facebook, um, you know, like I said, where people are getting distracted all the time with notifications about their new, or, you know, all these different, or Cupcake Candy Crush or something like that. You know, what, 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 what's easier to do? Is it easier to market your business there or is it easier to go and, and build a relationship with somebody in your town who's already serving your potential clients? Okay, so when we do that, how can we convince other business owners to kind of get on board with that? Are, are you talking about kind of like a mutual r- referral scheme, like you're going to refer yeah. them? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know, you build you build a relationship, same as you would with a person, you know, or a dog or whatever. You know, you, you find out what their problems are. You find out what their likes are. Find out a bit about them. Um, you know, yes, this does involve you getting off your ass and going out and, and driving around your town. And it's like, you know, in this ever-connected world that we live in online, hardly anybody's going to do that. You know, but this means the people who do do it, the opportunity is massive. Yeah, you just what? find out what their problems are, have a chat to them, be a human being. No, no, no doubt they'll tell you the similar problems that they're suffering from and the similar problems that you're suffering from. And if you're the smart Alec who's got an idea to do, you know, a dog-friendly guide or something like that that you can then use to promote everyone's business, well then bingo, you know, you're going to be the you're going to be the connector, aren't you? You're going to be the person who's not just going in there asking for shit. You're going to be the person who's going in there helping them with their problems, you know. Well, One thing I remember from my time as a sales rep, I'll say this very quickly, when I was a sales rep. Um, people in, in shops, whatever, doesn't matter which shop you, 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 uh, you go into, they, all they get all the time is they just get people coming in like wanting stuff from them, <laughs> you know, from people coming from all different brands, they want stuff from them. So if you can go in and offer something, even if it's just like the hand of friendship and, uh, you know, a, 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 an open ear, then, yeah, this is, uh, and you'll learn so much, Nick, as well, you know. You might not have the solution straight away, so, you know, but you, what you'll do is you'll learn about his problems and you'll learn about, the, you know, the kind of challenges that he faces in his business. And then if you go away and have a think about it, you come up with something that benefits everybody. One of the things that really stuck with me after I did your pet business boot camp was when they, uh, or when we spoke about, uh, I can't remember the exact term, but it's the cost of acquiring a client. You know, how much can you spend to get a new client? And yeah. if if you know that number, then it helps because you you know how much just you can spend on flyers and or you know gifts or whatever it takes to kind of convince people that you, you're right for them. Absolutely, yeah. This is why investing in marketing is such a uh, <laughs> is a key part of the business, you know. Um, and 
I'll quote Dan Kennedy because um, Dan Kennedy says, you know, the business owner who is willing, able, and prepared to spend more money than anybody else to acquire a customer, they're going to be the winner. You know, so if you you've got to be investment minded to do that, and you've got to know what you know, you've got to test your marketing as you do it. It's no good getting five thousand leaflets printed, you know, and just scattering them all over town. You know, it's far better just getting five hundred to a thousand. Just put them in the places where you know you're going to get eyes on on the stuff. You know, you're going to get eyes on from people who are, who are potentially going to can be clients of yours. And what about the content that you you put on all of these materials? I know Alex has kind of covered this a little bit as well, but like yeah. So in, well, in more detail, it should the, all the content that you put out there. Alex talks about this in his book very well, actually, because he talks about the different content depending on where the person's at of the, diff- the, the journey, you know, the customer journey, where they're at. And you can come in in, in a second, Alex. But the, what you want to be putting out is you want to be putting out stuff that speaks to them about the problems that they've got. Okay, so everybody has problems, Nick. I have problems. Alex has problems. Even you have problems. And, and, uh, and, if we, and people only ever spend money to fix a problem, you know. And a huge mistake that dog walkers, dog um, trainers make is they're, in the market, and they paint this like rosy picture um, of uh, how their training is going to make everything like wonderful, you know, and you can enjoy this and, um, and, and you know, happy, smiley, clappy things. And, and, and the thing is, most dog owners who have real problems with their dogs, and I know this because I've spoken to them, um, most dog owners who have real problems with their dogs, like they can't even imagine like enjoying a walk with their dog, you know? They're just like grateful if they can get out the door, get around the park and get back in with the bolt the door again and, you know, for their dog not to kick off, you know? So you're wasting your time, a lot of the time, talking about that kind of thing. You need to, um, can't remember which marketer it was, but he said you need to meet them with a conversation that's going on in their head, you know? So the conversation that they've got going on in their head right now is, oh, shit, it's six o'clock, I've got to take the dog out. How quick can I get back in the house again without him kicking off? Or how long can I allow him to have off lead before I have to put him back on again because I'm shit scared that he's going to run away? You know, so talking to them about these kind of problems, this, this, that's what's going to make people keep your leaflet. You know, they, they're not going to throw that away. They're going to keep it. They might not ring you straight away. They will ring you a lot quicker if you follow up with them with some another leaflet or with the email or something like that. But if you have some some kind of marketing material out there it speaks to them about the problems that they're having right now, then then you you'll um, you'll create empathy with them. They'll understand that you know what it is that they're going through, so they'll be much more likely to trust you than they will some joker down the street who's uh, who's just you know talking about stuff that, that they, they can't even imagine. Yeah, definitely. I would I would I would just sort of mirror everything Dom's just said, obviously, and and also just add that, um, what. Of course you would. <laughs> By default, yeah. <laughs> what he said. Um, yeah. So Don mentioned, like the, the briefly mentioned, like the customer uh, journey that we have, which which is what I talk about. It's like a whole chapter in the book dedicated to that. And that's the idea that a lot of business owners. It makes sense when they hear it, but I don't think, hey, there it is. <laughs> I don't think they. Um, it makes sense when they hear it, but I don't think they necessarily think about it kind of straight away when they're doing the marketing. So not 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 no two of your customers, clients, prospects are going to be at exactly the same point in their journey with you. And by that I mean 
you know, where they're at in terms of like their relationship, both on a personal level, if you are like a, if you are a small business and it's literally you that they're dealing with, but also in like what services and products that you sell them and stuff. So all the way down at one end of the spectrum, you've got people who've never heard of you before, who don't have a clue who you are, what your business does, and most importantly, how you can help them. You're just a random face, maybe not even a face on the internet, maybe just a company name or whatever. And they, and quite frankly, like they don't give a hoot about what you've got to say at this point, at, at that point. At the complete other end of the spectrum, you've got your best clients and customers, the people who, you know, they've been buying from you for years. They're super loyal. They absolutely love what you do um, because you're consistently like over, over delivering to them Um making them feel really special and they're really happy to tell their friends and their colleagues and their family about you as well. And then obviously you've got all the gradations in between. And I think that the problem, there's kind of a couple of problems really that, a lot, that most people who are fairly new to marketing their business um, run into. One is that they're always trying to trace new clients. So they always look at like who's at the bottom of the scale Um and they own, the only focus, I think it's more of like an inner game thing, perhaps, because I know I was guilty of this for a while as well, but it's like we, we always focus on getting new clients. And whilst that is obviously important, and depending on the type of business that you have, you might need quite a high turnover of like new people coming in all the time. Um, I know Dom has said before this is particularly um, important with groomers because they see obviously more of a turnover of customers than like, something like a dog walker where they're more likely to have a smaller base of clients who are going to stick with them for a longer time. But critically, um, you've got all these, all of these people who've already bought from you. You've got, uh, you've got, you've already got presumably a bank of people who are quite willing to invest in you and your services, but that shouldn't mean that you stop marketing to them. It shouldn't mean that you don't offer them more stuff as you go through. Because as Don will attest to, there's all you know. They, they probably want more from you. There's probably more that you could be offering them. Um, they might not even realize it, you know, until you offer. Or it might just be that you haven't asked. Um, and so I think like bringing it back to like content and things, as I talk about in the book, I think it's really important that you the content that you're putting out there isn't just aimed at bringing in new people or to you know it's not just. Um, designed for people who've never heard of you before it's it's also for the people who are quite familiar with who you are um and just just sort of briefly like so more specifically if don was to make a a video or, or yourself nick and it was quite personal it was a bit of a story it was a bit of a oh you know this thing happened to me um it was difficult and it made me think about dog training here's the lesson for you kind of thing that's it's probably going to appeal to a lot of different people, a lot of different people who are on this sort of spectrum, on this, on whatever point they are on this gradation. But it's it's quite likely to, to be more resonant with people who already know you, right? Because if you're just a random face on the internet, some people will, will pay attention to this guy telling a story, but some just won't. And so for those type of people, perhaps, again, kind of broadly speaking, a better type of content to create would be something that gives them immediate value. So something that's like a lesson to them. It's like, Hey, I'm Nick. Here's a lesson on how to do X, Y, Z. That's more likely to get them, you know, take the next step and kind of 
get over the first hurdle into being in your world. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, what I was wondering is, I mean, in marketing, one term that gets brought up over and over again is this idea of the 80-20 principle, you know, the 20% of the work that gives you the majority of the results. So I was wondering, from a pet professional standpoint, what would be the 80-20 approach to video marketing for your business? In terms of, like, what to create or... Uh, well, it, it, or just all, in, like, of, all of the above, really. Yeah. 80 20 approach to video. <laughs> i put you on the spot a bit, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good question. It's a really good question. Um, and 80 20 is something that, obviously, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're big fans of. I think it's very similar to what we touched on uh, at the start of our, of our conversation about, like, picking the platforms and stuff. I think that's one of the first things to be... So what in. platform would you recommend as your most important? I, I, th- I mean, Facebook is, as Dom said, if you're using it in a targeted sense, it's probably the most powerful in terms of like paid adverts. So, but this is why it's important to have more of a, uh, like an overarching system as well. So if you, if you want to like draw new people into your business then a good tactic might be to have like a lead magnet type of thing, which for anyone who's not sure is like a low or or zero cost uh, resource that you give away in exchange for someone's contact details. Um, So you might do something like you might offer like a free training course or or a, um, a PDF or something that they can download. And I think all three of us have done this. And the idea is that, like, you advertise it on a platform like Facebook because you can target the people, like Dom said, who are struggling with a problem relating to, the, you know, the the, um, the solution that you're kind of offering in your lead magnet. But then the important thing is that ultimately the end goal is to get them off Facebook because you want them, maybe in this case, to go onto your email list or some other thing, you know. So it's kind of like this almost like holistic approach, Um so you would use Facebook to to find the people, but not necessarily, you know, remain on Facebook. It's like you're taking them to a different platform. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say that you shouldn't do any marketing on Facebook after that, obviously, because you might have people who follow your page or who you're friends with and that kind of thing. So and, that and- would that would be the most important task then to create your lead magnet and get people from Facebook to email. And I would I would imagine that video is quite a powerful tool to use as a lead magnet. Or, or to use in the ad anyway? 100%. Yeah, it's, I mean, it depends. There's obviously a lot of variables in terms of the copy and the ad and the budget and that kind of thing. But I would say, I would kind of stake my reputation, as it were, and say, broadly speaking, that video is the most powerful form of advertising. I mean, you know, there's a reason why TV is still full of adverts and stuff, mm. you know, even though, in a way, traditional TV is like becoming antiquated and the forms of advertising are changing it's visual. It's like the next best thing to being there in person, isn't it? Or to, or to meeting someone in real life. And especially for something like dog training as well, you know, you can demonstrate, you can actually demonstrate and show people what it is that you're talking about. And, you know, anyone who's a dog fan, anyone who's a dog lover, loves seeing videos and pictures Absolutely. of dogs. So immediately it's like playing to the strengths, you know? Um, it's but- interesting because I, because I have an interest in, in marketing, I get sponsored ads from loads and loads of like marketing gurus 
and almost all of them are videos advertising the lead magnet. Yeah. Right? Like, it's like, get my, you know, like, it'll be someone that's super excited, like, excitable, standing in front, like, I was talking to Dom about this, like, they'd be standing in front of, like, a Lamborghini or something, and they'd be like, get my top five business tips, yeah, and then it essentially, exactly <laughs> yeah, and then it essentially, I don't know exactly who you mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that this, is obviously um... effective. I mean, obviously, we're not going to be standing in front of Lamborghinis, maybe we're going to be standing in front of Cocker Spaniels instead. <laughs> you get the idea like uh that seems that must be effective that all of these people are, are using that as their strategy yeah i think it's it's interesting because obviously like things are changing all the time and like all the trends and the way that people are responding to all these different types of marketing it's like like anything that's related to technology it's going up exponentially so more people are using things like uh video ads on facebook every day and so there could be an argument to say that they're becoming less effective because we're becoming so used to them, you know. And to an extent, that would be true, I would say, definitely, because I'm. Ex- it was like you were describing my life there. It's exactly the same with me. I see these, like, terrible ads. Well, I think they're terrible because I'm used to them, same as you, you know, for these marketing gurus and stuff and, like, how to grow your email list and how to do this. And I, and I, I pretty much switch off to it now, which is a, an interesting point in itself. But... The people who I do follow, I would say that what differentiates them is that they are, well, one, that the, the stuff that they're delivering is actually valuable and it's not just kind of woo, obviously. That's another topic in itself. But also that they're consistent after that as well. I think that from what I've seen, a lot of businesses have kind of jumped on the whole lead magnet and like video ads kind of bandwagon thing. But I wouldn't say that they necessarily follow through on, and follow up. Uh, particularly well after that you know there's only a handful of people who i see consistently marketing well and putting out good messages and actually delivering stuff that is valuable to the end user the rest of them i think put a lot of effort into that first it's, it's the same concept as before they put all this effort into the initial stage of like finding the new clients and then they don't sort of deliver after that point if that makes sense and that's really where and perhaps dom could speak a bit about this more that's really where the the relationship comes in you know the personal relationship that you have with your prospects and your clients i mean dom dom's had his uh his pbic christmas party this weekend which i unfortunately couldn't go to but like all of those people who went they're they're all they're all mates with dom now you know they all have this like amazing relationship they all know each other. It's all very personal. And Dom is one of the only people who is putting that much effort into, you know, actually creating and nurturing these relationships with, with people. And it's... Well, the, the thing that separates Dom from the p- people that are just doing the lead magnet side of things is what I think he's always called, like, relentless follow-up. Right, like he emails people every day. He's delivering content to them, and like you said, is providing value that builds a relationship. So someone might not buy in the first week, but they might buy a couple of months down the line. Exactly, yeah. exactly right. And so, there's yeah, a reason why I do that. Just elaborate on the whole. It's like the, it's like long game, isn't it? It's like yeah, yeah. There's a reason why I do that because it works. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like you know, relentless follow up works, um, and. There are people, uh, interesting com- couple of things, m- interesting conversation with uh, one of my um, diamond coaching clients uh, last week because she said that 
a friend of hers is a dog trainer who um, joined my uh, 33 Ideas originally, um, hated me, you know, literally hated me, you know, couldn't understand why um, Karen was continuing to listen to the emails and coming on the seminars and stuff. Um, but then uh, when Worry Free Walks came out, she bought a copy on Kindle and she read it and she was like, oh, actually, you know, um, he's, maybe he isn't so bad after all. <laughs> and uh, messaged Karen and said this, you know, said like, hey, like he, he really gets under your skin, doesn't he? That was the, that was the exact phrase that she used. And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, like eventually I will. Now, that lady may or may not go on to, you know, come to Impact or whatever or spend any more money with me. You know what I mean? She may or she may not do that. But there are lots of people who will. And, and the reason is it's because follow-up works. And just go back to what you were saying about the um, uh, the whole helicopters thing. <laughs> you know, the helicopters and the Ferraris and that kind of thing. I, th- I wasn't going to say this before, but because of what Alex just said there now, I think this is the point. I think when you... I think when I think what they're playing on, I think it's quite sleazy. You know, I, I think it's not even quite sleazy. I think it's very sleazy, and I think it's very dishonest. A lot of the stuff what a lot of these marketers are putting out there, um, and I, I think that they're relying on that they're, they're relying on like hope. You know, it's almost like a it's almost like a somebody with a, a weak will who is uh, tempted by the the, the the flashing arcade machines. You know, or the what they called, you know, the gambling machines and stuff, you know, it's that kind of um, promise that they're dangling in, in front of people. Um, and I'm not saying that they haven't made their money and all that, whatever, you know, but I think to, to, to market it like that um, is wrong. And it, even if it went, yes, it does work for sure. It works. But just, this is the point I was going to make with what Alex said about the kind of community that we've created in the PBIC, which you've sampled as well, Nick, haven't you? Um, they, like, I don't know how much, I don't know how much of a relationship I would want to have with these people. Like, yeah, I might want to have the money and the and the jet or whatever and the Ferrari, but like, would I really want to go and spend time with that person? You, you, you well, per, I don't know. Personally, I, I probably wouldn't. You know, I think they'd probably be a complete asshole um, because that's how they're coming across to me in the advert. You know, so what uh, you're saying is people have to be honest in their advert as well. You can't just kind of promise people the world. Well, yeah, I mean, Jesus, you know, it's. Uh, um, Doc, bro, one, you've, still, you've still got to do marketing, you know. You've still got to, you know, you've still got to paint the picture, the pain points, you've got to sell yourself, the points of where they're at. But like, there's a way to do it, you know. There's a way, and you know, and good luck to them. Hey, good luck to them. They've got enough money to buy their jets or whatever, but um, it's not, it's not my bag, basically. One thing I was curious about, changing the topic a little bit, because we were talking about Facebook. I was curious about what you think of Google Ads versus Facebook Ads, and if you think that one is better than the other. Because it's a completely different approach, really, isn't it? Because Google Ads are taking people that are already looking for the service straight to your page. And I was wondering if you think that one is a better investment than the other. I'm, I'm, I'll jump in first. I'm probably not the best person to ask about that because I'm not a Google Ads or a Facebook Ads expert. You know, I'll I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're both not experts. But... <laughs> but um, from the, the limited experience that I've had with that, I am actually cranking up my Facebook adverts in the new year, but I've got somebody who's going to do that for me who is an expert. <laughs> um, so uh, my experience of it is, is that Facebook is, you can get more targeted now, certainly for certain niches and stuff like that. And I think it's the way you can warm people up on Facebook, you know? So you can, for example, like Alex said, we can put a video out there that says, um, 
you know, hey there, you know, are you a cocker spaniel owner who is sick of their cocker spaniel running off with people? Well, here's here's three tips to help you to, you know, to help you to do that. Well, you're going to get a lot of cocker spaniel owners liking and loving and sharing that video, you know. But obviously, if you've done it inside the ads manager, well, then you can track it, can't you? You track it and then you can re you can remarket to those people who've who've liked and watched that video, you know. So, and if you, you there's like a process to this, but you know, the way you can warm people up that way then send them to some sort of lead magnet or something like that. Um, well, I mean, you could do a similar thing on Google, I guess. I'm just less aware of it. But you're right. Google's more kind of click solution, click solution, isn't it, you know? Yeah, I was just wondering if you'd had any experience and if you could kind of uh, compare them. But if you haven't, it, then no, no worries. I think because of, because of that, what I've just said, if you know what you're doing and if you know, if you know how that works, then you can get Facebook to work much more efficiently for you. You know, um, so by doing that, by putting different bits of content out there and then remarketing to people who look, who've watched the content or watched 50 percent of the content or clicked on something, then you can bring your ad spend down, you know, um, whereas Google can, can be a lot more expensive. You know, one my- of the things one of the things I like about Facebook is because you're putting up a lead magnet, you have that opportunity to continually follow up, which may be more difficult with Google. And I was wondering, because I think Alex touched on this earlier, when it comes to kind of continuity, um, like from running a dog walking business, that's much easier because people are regularly booking in walks. But with dog training, it's like a lot of clients might only do one or two sessions. You kind of solve the initial pain that they had, and then you might never see them again. And I was wondering if you have any kind of solutions for people that are struggling to get that continuity in their business as a dog trainer. Or, well, I think dog trainers probably uniquely suffer with that more than the other services. They do, they do. This is something that we talked about at the recent dog trainers boot camp we did in, in October in Sunland because, um, so the, the one you attended was like a general pet business marketing thing. We did, and then I did a dog walkers boot camp in May, dog walkers and groomers, then we did dog trainers in October. For exactly that reason that you just said, Nick, dog walkers and groomers, their business lend itself more to continuity. You know, you can more easily... I always say if you don't, you know, if you don't, as long as the dog walker doesn't lose the dog and the dog groomer doesn't set it on fire, then the the customer shouldn't really go anywhere. You know, they should stick around with you for for quite a long time. Um, But with dog trainers, once you've fixed that problem, or even when you've half fixed that problem, (laughs) they're reluctant to like hand money over, you know. So you need to, to me, this is what we discussed about is is building more continuity into the... um, into the offering, you know? So you're selling packages more than you're selling. You had a lot of success with this, Nick, didn't you? you know? Selling packages more than selling one-to-ones, you know? Um, people are more bought into the service. They've invested more money, which means they're more likely to listen to what you've got to say. Um, and you then get three, four, or five sessions with them, or five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten sessions with them, however many you recommend, rather than just the one or two, you know? And it, so which means that you get more training done with them so, but they also also you build a better relationship with them as well, you know, and so they're, they're more likely, much more likely to follow through. But the other thing that we touched upon at the boot camp, which is something that hardly any dog trainers do, uh, is what are you doing to increase and um, increase your reputation and make yourself known? What are you doing to position yourself as an expert in your town? You know, because if you're an expert, then people are going to seek you out more and they're going to want to pay you more money. You know, or they're going to be more willing to pay you more money, you know, if, if they know that they're going to see the guy who is, 
the de facto expert, you know, the guy who everybody's talking about in their town. This is why marketing is it, it's so important, you know, because it, it contributes to how people think about your business, you know. So instead of you having to sell, sell, sell all the time and convince people of a service, you know, you by making yourself the big cheese or whatever, the top dog, <laughs> you, uh, you, you make yourself more attractive. So uh, when you say that, are you referring to kind of what Alex is talking about with educational content or is, or are you talking about press releases or what exactly do you mean? It covers it all, mate. It covers, it, it covers, it covers all, you know, lots of these things. Yeah. I mean, you want to be putting the right kind of content out there and just to go back quickly, what you said about, we've said about content, people should be putting content out there and then reusing it, you know? It's no good putting a Facebook video out there and then just letting it die a day later, you know? Download it, upload it to your web to your website, get it transcribed, write an email about it, write a blog about it, put it in your newsletter, you know, bingo, you know, it's it, you know, that's five times more work, but it makes it five times more effective. Yeah, you know? I've been that's I've been you, trying to do this myself recently with a podcast because I mean, as you will know, because you have a podcast, it's you know, you, you do you put the podcast up there, but then there's so many other ways that you can repurpose that content. So recently I've been trying to do that more with um, audiograms, which is kind of the little videos that you can share a snippet of the podcast in. And also I put up for the first time a quote from the podcast. So trying to get people almost like a lead magnet for the podcast, (laughs) trying to get people to see that and kind of then get dragged from Facebook to go and check out the podcast. So I've been experimenting with that a little bit recently as well. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it's essential, pretty much. Yeah, because um, it's it's we can learn a lot from places like Hollywood for this, can't we? You know, before a, a film comes out, we see this. This is kind of two subjects because I'm also talking about hype, but we see like this awesome trailer, don't we, for the film that's coming out, and it's it's usually like way ahead of time as well. And then we see like another trailer, and and even before that, we see the teaser, don't we, where barely any information is released but it still gets us excited and it lets us know that this thing is coming this is this is anticipation and i think in a similar way obviously on a smaller scale but in a way like not <laughs> you can do a similar thing with your marketing with your content especially as you as you rightly said nick if you've got a something quite substantial like a podcast well you can take all this content and spin it loads of different ways and then it just works in this ecosystem doesn't it it's um not only can you you can use it to kind of hype up the release of something perhaps. So, you know, if you had a podcast coming out next week, you could start to hype things up a little bit for your audience by saying, talking about this next week with this person, sharing little quotes, sharing little snippets and stuff. And it's amazing how, how much of an effect I think that has, how much more people are inclined to go and seek it out. Perhaps it's because, you know, logically, it would be perhaps because they know what's going to be uh, what's going to be discussed, and so they know if they're interested in that, they know what's coming up. But I think I think part of it as well is partly psychological. You feel more invested in this thing, you know, because you've you've spent time and you've given some of your attention to the, these messages that you've been putting out there. Anyway, there was a guy who um, who I followed on Instagram who I sort of half know personally who released a documentary a few weeks ago, but like a month before that, maybe even more, he was hyping it up and he was sharing little snippets of it and just like teasery stuff and that, you know, um, making it basically making it a big deal. And when it came out, I like 
went to the effort of sending him a message and being like, oh, congratulations, documentary looks awesome, all the rest of it. Um, but then afterwards, I kind of I realized that I, because I don't really know him and I haven't met him in person or anything, I wouldn't have gone to the effort of doing that if he hadn't hyped it up beforehand. But it he made it seem like it was a big deal, but he made it seem like it was this big thing, you know? And I think, I think there's a lot of lessons that, that business owners can take from that. Yeah, I remember, I can't remember who I heard this from. It might have been Dom that was talking about being ev- being seen everywhere or, you know, um, so for example, it would be like the emails in the email box, the videos on Facebook, being on uh, whatever, you know, say that you're seen on Instagram as well, then the post through the mail. It's like almost making yourself inescapable, <laughs> you know, yeah. you, they're just getting this uh, message in lots of different ways. Sounds a bit like a Gary Vaynerchuk thing almost as well, doesn't it? Oh, he's quite, well, like quite the, possibly. Yeah, he's the um, I, I master say, of inescapable. The, 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 <laughs> yeah, he, there's lessons to be learned from his approach of like being everywhere, but at the same time, I think we, most people need to reel it in a little bit from that. Mm. But you're absolutely mm. right. You know, it's just a, it's like touch points, isn't it? You, you're meeting people at all these different places. So, uh, and I think a really good example of where Dom does this as well is like the offline stuff, which perhaps you could talk a little bit about. Because, as he said before, in in our ever-connected world, most people are kind of only doing stuff online and not really doing any offline stuff. But when Dom sends out his ledgers and his direct mail and stuff, and he sends out CDs as well, and, like, when he told me he was sending out CDs and stuff, I was like, really? (laughs) Like, I don't even have a CD player. The only one I have is in my car. (laughs) Um, But he was like, yeah, but all the dog walkers – We've got vans and they listen to stuff in their in their vans when they're going and picking the dogs up. And I was like, "Wow, <laughs> you know, it makes so much sense now." Um, but it's like it's like Dom's not only on Facebook; he's like in the van with you as well, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. That's uh, yeah, that seems like a, a smart ploy. And I, I speaking um, from personal experience, that's probably one of the things I most neglect as well. Like, I don't do any kind of offline. Uh, mail which i know dom does a lot of but I'm, I'm wondering how do you how do you convert that then into income maybe dom could talk about that well i sell stuff <laughs> <laughs> so say like the the letters that are coming say like you're sending out your newsletters and stuff like that how are you how how would you then convert people from a to b well there's a Usually, almost always, you get a um, you get the newsletter, which is hopefully don't don't let me down here, Nick. It hopefully is, is entertaining and um, worth reading, you know. And then at the same time as that, you'll get you'll get an offer for something, you know. So I might talk about something in the newsletter, and then you'll get an offer for for a product or a program or a seminar or something like that that will allow you to. You know, if I've piqued your interest in the newsletter, will allow you to sort of take the next step. You know, that's what um, that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. You know, so it's uh, but I'm I, I'm 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 sort of right at the end of the scale from where a lot of people a lot of people operate, and that what Alex mentioned before this phrase we keep coming back to it all the time. Don't Alex, the long game. You know, I'm not I'm not just interested in what I can sell this month. You know. I'm interested in what I can sell in six months' time. This is why I'm, you know, impacting happening in April, April. But we've been having to build an email list, an email waiting list for the last two months for that. Um, and then, but then I'm really just thinking about that event, you know. I'm thinking about, okay, well, if I can get 50, 80 people at that one, 
then I can get 120 people to impact 2020. You know what I mean? And um, I think you you have to have a strategy in place, obviously, for your business as well and where you want it to go and stuff. But um, yeah, these are... And again, Nick, what a lot, when you... To tie this in with the point we made before about, um, you know, the person who's willing to spend the most money to acquire a customer, they're the ones who can who will ultimately win. Well, I'm probably prepared to spend more than almost any other pet business coach I know to acquire a customer. Um, why? Because most of my customers stay with me for a very long time, you know, um, and they come to my events and they, they, sometimes they buy more stuff from me. But I'm able to I'm able to spend a lot more on my advertising and my marketing because I charge premium prices. Yeah, because we charge premium prices. This is what separates the winners from the losers um, or from the people who are happy and prosperous and successful and the people who are pissed off, starving, and, you know, always worrying about whether they can afford to send their kid on a school trip or to fix the van that's broken. You know, this is the differences between the people who, who grasp marketing and have the balls to tackle charging premium prices for their services. One thing that uh, you do, Dom, which is kind of like a little, almost like a behavioral hack, which I think is really interesting, is when you send out your... Um, newsletters and all that kind of stuff you always send them in a coloured envelope which <laughs> I've almost become conditioned to know that it's you <laughs> come through the door like we had one come through the door very relatively recently and Livy picked it up and she was like oh who's this from like she thought it was a Christmas card or something <laughs> and I was like no that's that's Dom <laughs> that's definitely <laughs> <laughs> but it makes you take notice doesn't it it doesn't just kind of blend in with the bills yeah and... did, did you open it yeah i always i always open them and yeah. then i leave i actually i particularly liked your one this month with uh the kind of harry potter-esque theme um again you know that. it stands out doesn't it yeah it's that you know and um that was a lot of that was a lot of planning went into that you know <laughs> obviously um i wanted a good i wanted a good pattern interrupt if you like um to well, not even. I'm not. It's not even. Um, I'm not even putting on an act here. You know, this is uh, the stuff that I talk about. Nick, you're on board with it, or you're on certainly you're on board with most of it. You know, and um, a lot of the savvy pet business owners are, but a lot of people aren't. You know, a lot of people don't like what I have to say. They don't like what I have to say about dogs. Don't like what I have to say about business. Um, they think I am Voldemort of the pet business world. You know, so I thought, why not just fucking lean into that a little bit. <laughs> 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 and you know either push them away a bit more or or pull them in you know because um i've been doing this a little while now and i know this shit works you know and you know it works and alex knows it works so like if you want it if you want if you want your business to improve you know come see dom you know if you just want to fuck around on facebook go and see somebody else well well that's a great place to ask you where can where can they see you where can they uh learn more about your events and your the stuff that you do Okay, I'll go first, and then and then Alex. Actually, we've got more stuff planned next year together, haven't we, Alex? We do indeed. Yes. Which Nick will have to have us come on again and talk about that when we've got the plans properly sorted out. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can't stop him. Let's follow up, bro. Let's follow up. Yeah. So. Um, Probably the best place for p- people to go and find out more about me would be to probably buy a book of mine. So you can get um, Walk Yourself Wealthy from Amazon or How to Be a Dog Superhero or the new book Worry Free Walks is also on Amazon as well and Audible too. Um, or if you're a bit more serious about your pet business, um, go to um, growyourpetbusinessfast.com forward slash 33 ideas. 
you can get signed up for my 33 ideas that way. Or if you're super keen, you should grab a ticket for Impact, which is happening in April. Uh, that's a pet business success summit. And uh, Nick's been to one of my events before, so he'll he'll hopefully back this up. But um, don't drink the Merlot. <laughs> you only had one glass. <laughs> I don't know what you put in it, Dom, but it, it fucked me up pretty bad. <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, you can go to. Uh, you should find out more about Impact. You know, check out Impact 2019 because um, it's uh, it, it's a great place to come and it's a good atmosphere, isn't it, Nick? And Alex, yeah, the video guy, will be there presenting more stuff about video too. Yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely great fun. Um, so yeah, Alex, where where about where can people find out more about uh, video marketing and the stuff that you do? Sure. Similarly to Dom, so they can go to Amazon to get a copy of my book because um, that is finally on Amazon now. Uh, you can also get it directly from me if you want. I'll give you a signed copy. And um, similarly to Dom's book, mine comes with a few bonuses as well. There's even like a a full sort of video training course um, <laughs> that uh, that is kind of bundled with it. So if you buy it directly from me, then you get that kind of straight away, uh, which you can get by going to artifactmedia.co.uk. Um, also on Facebook and Instagram, that type of thing. But that would be the first place to uh, to go for sure. Um, Fantastic bonuses that Alex gives away as well. They are super helpful. And uh, and also, obviously, people that are listening to this podcast listen to podcasts. So, uh, where can they find yours? Um, well, we got uh, we got the Poodle to Pitbull Pet Business Podcast, uh, which me and Alex uh, do. That's a weekly podcast, and there's still 55 episodes of the Superhero Dog Owner Show on there as well. So they're, they're, that's a video podcast as well. Um, and Alex and I are hatching idea for another podcast too so but we don't have any details on that yet <laughs> <laughs> okay as if right. two wasn't enough there's a third on the way <laughs> yeah that's pretty that's pretty intense <laughs> which, oh. which is why i'm not committing to it properly yet <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're going straight after joe rogan <laughs> <laughs> well thanks so much for coming on i really appreciate it it's always a good laugh talking uh, to you too so Good stuff, man. Hey, Nick, thanks for having us on. Really, really appreciate it. Um, and uh, yeah, keep up the good work. The podcast's going fantastic. I'm so pleased that you uh, you, you cranked it back up again. Um, yeah, so well done, well done. Thank you. Yeah, likewise, Nick. It's been um, it's been a good little chat. It's been always kind of when you talk about these things, like even more ideas kind of spur as you as you're just talking about them. So um, yeah, it's been really good. Thanks for having us on. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode. As always, I've put all the show notes so you don't have to trawl the internet looking for all the links. You can just go to nickbenger.com slash marketing. So head over there, grab the show notes. That's where you can get all the links to their books and the things that they've mentioned. Also, just a quick reminder, I've launched that new business. I've launched BrizDog, which is... Uh, B-R-I-S-D-O-G dot com. If you want to get your dogs um, some treats, if you want to see the gear that I use, essentially, because I use a lot of the dog treats and chews every day that we've listed on that website. So if you want to help us make that grow into something really special, then uh, check that out on brizdog.com. Other than that, I hope you have a brilliant new year. See you guys.